So Merrick Garland, he's going to now investigate the Minneapolis police. Permanent revolution. Former officer Derek Chauvin had his knee on the neck of George Floyd. Undeniable. Yes, there were places where it was moved on, on to a bit of more of the back. It was, it was something that they do train. But for the eight minutes, nine minutes, certainly, certainly not something that we accept. The majority don't accept. They fired him. They arrested him. They charged him. He was convicted not once, not twice, but three times. Three different charges, including second-degree murder. And now they're going to investigate the police department. The people in Minneapolis, the, the, the city council, they're defunded and then put money back. But Merrick Garland is going to look into them. Best of luck, police officers out there. Best of luck getting any future best of luck being a cop just ride it as long as you can and and get your pension while you can and then and then you know move on move that's that's it just just do something else this is what they're telling you they're letting you know there's no room for you there's now going to be an investigation into the police Department Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you on Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, Instagram, Parlor, Twitter at Tony Katz, everything at TonyKatz.com. Here's the Attorney General in his own words. I could have been him in his own words if I knew what I was doing. Minnesota. Although the state's prosecution was successful, I know that nothing can fill the void that the loved ones of George Floyd have felt since his death. My heart goes out to them and to all those who have experienced similar loss. I know such wounds have deep roots and that too many communities have experienced those wounds firsthand. Yesterday's verdict in the state criminal trial does not address potentially systemic policing issues in Minneapolis. Of course, everything's systemic. I'm just so glad he's finally speaking out about how the family of Ashley Babbitt feels. Wait, wait, what's that? That, that, that? That's not what he's talking about? Oh, he, he, he's talking about George Floyd. Oh, he's not talking about the woman who got shot in the Capitol or we don't even know who the officer was. Oh, no void. So there's no void for Ashley Babbitt. Now, I know that sounds weird coming from me, that little turn. Because... Ashley Babbitt put herself in a bad situation. My argument is Ashley Babbitt was killed, shot by police on January 6th. I am not one of the people who has been screaming that someone has to be charged for murder. I am saying out loud, if we are worried about policing in the United States, why aren't we worried about all of it? And this is how you know these things are ideological and not anything else. Ashley Babbitt got shot and killed. And if you were to ask the political left, they'll say, good. George Floyd died. And you know what the political right said? What the hell is this? Come look at this video. And do you believe this? Someone's going to jail. Everyone's going to jail. That's what God said. That's what God said. 
But if we're now going to talk about the void, and we're now going to talk about the actions of policing, of police and policing in general, we have to talk about Ashley Babbitt. And if you're not willing to do that, well, we got ourselves a whole nother issue. Well, Ashley Babbitt was in a place she wasn't supposed to be. George Floyd passed a counterfeit 20 and was so hopped up on fentanyl, he probably would have OD'd if it wasn't for everything else that happened. And he, by the way, according to the coroner's report, that is a fair amount of what happened because they didn't say it was asphyxiation. Data is data. Facts are facts. I still think Derek Chauvin was wrong and guilty of second degree manslaughter. The difference between you and me, guys, and the ideologue that we're talking about here, people like Merrick Garland, is that we're more honest. And they're more willing to deceive. The Attorney General continues. Today, I am announcing that the Justice Department has opened a civil investigation to determine whether the Minneapolis Police Department engages in a pattern or practice of unconstitutional or unlawful policing. This effort will be staffed by experienced attorneys and other personnel from the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division and the U.S. Attorney's Office for the District of Minnesota. The new civil investigation is separate from and independent of the federal criminal investigation into the death of George Floyd that the Justice Department has previously announced. There is just no end to the horror show that is this administration or really this ideology. And we are getting a lot of good examples, as, as, as I see it, of understanding, for at least personally, why I am not on the political left. The, 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 the plan is to just be as abusive as possible. The plan is to be um, is to beat something over and over and over again. The question will be, what is it that you're searching for? The truth. The hell you are. Stop it. We're all right here. No one is searching for the truth. What are you trying to do? Put an end to systemic racism. Stop it. You tell me there are black cops in Minneapolis who are guilty of systemic racism? Well, you could be black and still be a racist. I will let you crazy people stand over to the left and figure out you're crazy. No. What you're doing is trying to build into the cake. Bake into the cake. The idea that policing in and of itself is bad. This is ideological, and this doesn't end well, because we've already seen Minneapolis, and we've already seen Seattle, and we've already seen Portland play in the world of defunding, and you know what they all did? Put the money back. They put the money back. Because they know that without the police, things get worse. Furthermore, they create a situation where people are empowered not to listen to the police, not to listen to commands, because all those commands are from racist, bigoted people, and why should they? Why should uh, American citizens follow? Why should they have to listen to a command from the police? Just do whatever you want. There's this stabbing took place in... Uh, what was that in Ohio? 
Is that where it took place? Yeah, Columbus, Ohio. Did you, did you hear about this? Let me, let me make sure I've gone over it. This is Columbus, Ohio. Police are called because a teenage girl threatened two girls with a knife. Right? The police show up, body cam footage, responding to a 911 call about an attempted robbery. Officials uh, said the video shows the teenager lunging at two other females with a knife as the officer arrived at the driveway of residence. And there are other people around. And there's a moment where the suspect has a girl, uh, the second girl who was attacked, up against a car. And with her left hand, and with her right hand extended behind her, she has, not, not behind her back, but straight out, shoulder height. She has a knife in her hands, clear as day, like she's going to go stab. And so the police officer, dealing with an escalation in violence, shot four times, and this 15-year-old died. Black girl, white officer. Racism! They just can't stop. Is that what happened? Would you rather the girl gotten stabbed? Would you rather she had been stabbed? Well, they could have used a taser. Is that what the training teaches? That when someone has a knife, you use a taser. If the girl had just been cut and maybe lost the use of her arm, would it would okay, as long as we didn't use a use a weapon, as long as we didn't use a gun. If she had been tased, you would be hearing about how the police tased a 15-year-old girl. It would not matter. And this is the horror show. Make no mistake, I have zero issue with police reforms. Zero. A society looking at what they want and making a decision, that's fine by me. If police, if societies want to defund the police, you know what I said when it first came up? Go ahead. I can't wait to see what happens. You want to defund police? Knock yourselves out. Tommy, Tommy, yeah, they're not going to pay the police, Tommy. No, 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 they're not even going to show up to nothing. So just go get yourself a beer or two or three or four. All of a sudden, I'm a Southie. Don't tell the people from Boston, oh, they'll be so offended. They probably won't understand the content. Oh, he did it twice, that cat. Wait, are we on in Boston? No? We're safe. That's what, it, that's what we're going to watch. And we watched you experiment Seattle and you Portland and you Minneapolis with defunding the police. And what you learned is, yeah, this doesn't work. Good for you. You learned something I could have told you, but you know what? Pain is a teacher and you learned it. Well, a lot of people got robbed and some people probably got hurt. Maybe some people died, but oh, well, as long as the lesson was learned, you had to go through this. I guess this is what it is. The officer shot and killed a 15 year old. It's awful. Anybody going to talk about why she was stabbing other people? Anybody going to ask if this is all right? I have seen statements on social media that say, why did the cops even show up? Girls are stabbing each other all the time. It's no big deal. This person has over 200,000 followers on Twitter. It's all about defund the police. You don't want cops to show up to stabbings involving teenage girls. Write that down and get the city council to be cool with it. All right. You know what? Better yet, I don't even need your city council. I don't need your mayor. Let's have an online list of who is okay with stabbing. 
stabbingselect.net. You just put your name and your address there, and if there's a stabbing and your address, it comes up for all officers. Ping! Don't even bother. They're cool with the stabbing. It's insane. It's radical. But is it any different than what Merrick Garland, the attorney general, is doing? By the way, are we going to finally take a moment, take a moment to thank Mitch McConnell for what he did? Cocaine Mitch kept Merrick Garland from being on the bench, from being a Supreme Court justice. Now you realize, man, that guy, he might look like a turtle, but he is awesome. Oh, you gotta love that. You gotta love that. The radicalness, the permanent revolution, the hatred of those people and of those entities that try to engage, wait, conserve, where do you think conservatism comes from? Society. These ideologues want to rip it apart, rip it to shreds. That's what we're seeing. That's obvious and clear. And if you want more proof of it, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll two for the mother. Wait till you hear Jen Psaki, the White House press secretary, on Maxine Waters. Oh, I have got that audio for you. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz. The UFOs are back. This time, some so-called expert is debunking the mysterious pyramid-shaped objects found by the U.S. Navy. I'm calling shenanigans. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. All right, let's be clear. The UFOs are real. We're not alone. And that's all there is to it. And I honestly will take any bit of derision you want to throw my way. I'm in. I am in. According to a renowned UFO UFO investigator, the pyramid-shaped object flying off the coast of California in every way matches a plane. Sure, that's what you say. You had these military uh, uh, people saying, what in the world is that? I don't know what that is. They've got $90 billion worth of hardware at their disposal. This guy's got a microscope. He got it a kit from Spencer's Gifts. And he's going to tell me the UFO isn't real. I'm not buying. They're real, Producer Ari, and that's all there is to it. I think they're probably real, but, you know, this could be a plane. Listen, man, I don't know if they're real or not. I've just, there's been so much of it over the last year that I'm just, I'm just going all in. I'm just going all in because if I'm wrong, people think be like, oh, Tony's doing the gag. And if I'm right, it's going to be like, I warned you. I'm, I'm going to be like, I'm going to just put on a, like, a, like, a, like a robe and a crown. Call, call me king of the saucers, baby. Called it. Nailed that. And also, I want the aliens to be nice to me. I, you, you know. You, you you know that that some of them they're not going to be they're not going to be nice people. Some of them are going to be curious. Some of them they're going to be uh, 
They're just going to be downright nasty. It's going to get ugly. There's a show on Netflix. I think it's Netflix, Skinwalker Ranch. Have you seen this thing? No. What is it? It, it? it it actually isn't the porn that it sounds like when you call it Skinwalker Ranch. The whole thing is about oddities and 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 like the paranormal. It's on it's on History uh, Channel, right? Uh, site of paranormal and UFO related activities. I don't watch it because I just don't need that in my head. My wife watches it. And I don't know where she has the time to put that in her head. She should be much busier. She she should not have the time to watch Skinwalker Ranch. But then, is that, is that, I don't know if it's on Netflix or on Hulu. Because on Hulu, there's another show called Legion. Yeah, the uh, the the X Men show, right? Yeah, it's 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 a spinoff basically of, of the X Men or a, a takeoff of the X Men. Yeah, my wife uh, loved that show. Um, that show. Legion is absolutely binge-worthy in the first season, and in the second season, you will be guaranteed you will think you're high as a kite. Like, it's the sets and the cinematography on that show, unreal. The storyline, I'm not so so sure, because I'm in the third season now. I think there are only three seasons, and I'm like, what's happening? But I can't stop watching because it's beautiful. It's visually arresting. But it's super creepy. And I should say freaky. Not as freaky as Skinwalker Ranch because these people want you to believe this is all real. And it's crazed. The UFOs, I am saying, are real. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not going to uh, believe this guy, this expert. Who debunked the Navy. I'm with the Navy on this one. Yeah, anyone who describes himself as a UFO expert, immediate red flags. Right? That that's that's how you know. That's how you know he's probably an alien himself. They should really check this guy. This guy should get probed immediately. But just in case the aliens are real, I just want to be on the side of that. So so this this is uh this is purely a defensive maneuver. This is Tony Katz today. Guilty on all charges. Second degree manslaughter. Third degree murder. Second degree murder. Is this what was expected? Is this what the city of Minneapolis expected? Were they prepared for this to be the case? And were they hoping this would be the case so it would lead to the possibility of less rioting? Did they come to this decision so that these jurors wouldn't themselves be attacked? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, let me bring in uh, John Justice, he of the Justice and Drew Show, Twin Cities News Talk there in Minneapolis. You know, we have spoken about some of the riots that you have dealt with, what has been going on in this trial, what's been taking place in Brooklyn Center uh, in in the uh, shooting death of Dante Wright, who was resisting arrest, got shot by an officer when they thought they were using a taser. But first, let's start with this verdict. Guilty on all three charges. What were you expecting? What was Minneapolis expecting? And what has been the reaction? 
This has been such a learning experience, at least for me personally. Um, my expectation was at least one of the charges. Uh, I was expecting at a bare minimum the manslaughter charge. If either the second or if there was going to be a second or a third, I figured if they got one, they were probably going to get going to get all of them. Um, you know, as far as what everybody else thought, that was kind of the con- the consensus. Um, that being said, I I wasn't. I was. I think I was most surprised at how quickly the jury came back. However, when we got word yesterday that they had reached a verdict. The general consensus, in my feeling, was that he would be guilty on on all the charges. Um, I, I will say, and, and I know we got a lot of ground to cover. Just living here in in, in the Twin Cities, doing you know a, a talk show here in the Twin Cities, I, I was so relieved, Tony, to wake up this morning and when my alarm went off at two thirty to click on the news and to just see the same headline of Derek Chauvin guilty on all charges, and there wasn't any and any rioting last night that was that was a that was a sigh of relief I, I cannot i cannot even tell you so i and i think a lot of people felt that way and expected these businesses did board up and they brought in national guard units but having uh, all three charges being found guilty you're left wondering if they had just said third degree murder and second degree manslaughter if there would have been Rioting. So the the question is, is there a feeling that as you saw all those people gathered around the courthouse, uh, you heard uh, what it is that Maxine Waters, Representative Waters said in coming to the city? And I wonder if the city thought she was instigating a, a riot. Uh, you heard uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president, President Biden. Is there a feeling that they kind of messed with the jury and we're about to see a whole second wave of ugliness on appeal? Well, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I'm of the opinion that if there had been a not guilty on any of those charges, so I'll kind of break down break down your questions here. If there had been a not guilty on any one of those charges, I do believe we would have seen some violence taking place. Looking at the crowd and the coverage of the crowd, there were large groups of people with, you know, individuals on microphones that were you know, yelling for justice that wanted to, to, to see all the charges, right? They wanted to see a guilty verdict, but were prepared to, you know, to, to, to do damage. And there were interviews with people preparing preparing damage. So I think if there had been a not guilty on any of them, there certainly would have been. The appeal aspect of it will be in, will be interesting. I, I'm currently of the opinion that the appeal part of this will not garner as much attention. Um, we do have the sentencing in eight weeks. The appeal will take longer. Um, if, and I think it's very possible, not only Maxine Waters' comments, but also the president's comments. While the jury is still in deliberations, I agree with the assessment that, you know, yes, the jury's in sequestration, but the judge himself said he wished the politicians would stay out of it. We know that even if a jury is in sequestration, you know, even if they're sequestered, there's still a big possibility that they could be hearing what's happening on the outside. And to have President Biden go and make a comment in the middle of jury deliberations, I think, was incredibly reckless. And I do believe that that could really benefit uh, Eric Nelson, the defense lawyer, when it comes to appeal of Chauvin, 
That being said, I don't think there'll be as much attention drawn to it, and certainly not as much attention, if Maxine Waters' comments or the president's comments or any other, you know, our, our, our governor's comments come into play. I think the media will definitely downplay, downplay that. Talking to John Justice, the Justice and Drew show, uh, Twin City News Talk, AM 1130 out there in Minneapolis. Give me a sense of how exhausted or how invigorated the people of Minneapolis are having dealt with this for the past year on top of COVID and as of late, what took place not too far away in Brooklyn Center. I think we're exhausted. Uh, yeah. I, that's that's. I, I, I know that you was said our that, kind of like, doing this morning. You know, I, 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 there was a sense of relief, and and again, I can kind of only speak for myself and kind of the gauge off the audience. But I know for me, driving in this morning, I felt like a page had been turned. Um, and even though it was midweek, I was just like, man, it's been it's been a long road. I I feel like we're I feel like getting this verdict. You know, and this trial out of the way was the first step in sort of moving forward from all of these different things. I mean, for example, and I'll keep it brief, for example, like our governor here, Governor Tim Walls, you know, he's still clinging to his peacetime emergency powers. He still has his, his, you know, he still has the unilateral decision making over the COVID powers. Well, behind closed doors, we all know that he's been clinging to those because it also has assisted him in calling up security for the Chauvin trial. So that's gone now. The Minnesota Attorney General has been using his office to go after businesses because they weren't abiding by COVID rules. And now that the governor will probably have to relinquish those powers in the next 30 days, that power will go away. And so I feel like this was a step to, again, a sigh of relief, we're all tired, but maybe we can get a sense of normalcy for as normal as it can be under our current leadership, you know, in Washington. Yeah, because you've got the Attorney General Merrick Garland uh, saying yeah, that there's now going to yes. be an investigation into the police department. If you're, talk to me about, I mean, I, I've known you for, for a while and certainly known your radio stuff for longer than that. You... You talk to cops, I'm sure you're aware of where they're at. What are they saying to you privately, or what are you hearing privately, uh, with especially this third part, the Attorney General, the Justice Department, they're now going to investigate a pattern or practice of unconstitutional or unlawful policing? Give me a break. (laughs) Give me a break. We ended the show. Drew points to the screen behind my head. The mics had just turned off, and I see Merrick Garland up there talking about what you just said. And you know what? If they want to go and investigate the Minneapolis Police Department, then why don't they go and look at the leadership that's been in power, you know, the left that's been in power for some 65 years, that if there is a problem in the Minneapolis Police Department, it ain't the cops. It's the individuals who have been, you know, crafting the rules, who have been crafting the enforcement rules and have been doing the hiring. That's who should be looked at. But, of course, that's not what's going to happen, is it? What's going to happen is they're going to examine the brave men and women that are out on the street that get no respect from our leadership. Our own city council has been screaming for a year of defunding them. They're down in cops. They're tired. They're fatigued. There's no excuse for what Derek Chauvin did. Don't misunderstand. He's going to pay his time now. Justice has been served. But there are hundreds of good and brave men and women on that police force that still decide every single day 
to deal with the autonomous zone and the skyrocketing crime and carjackings and the, the and Merrick Garland's going to investigate them. No, man, go and investigate the leadership. That's the problem. That's John Justice, the Justice and Drew show. You can follow him on the Twitter box. See uh, something to use Twitter for, for powers of good, at John Justice, J-O-N-J-U-S-T-I-C-E. John, listen, man, I appreciate you coming on. Always a pleasure, and I look forward to catching up with you soon. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. There is so much I wanted to get to regarding reaction to uh, the, the, the verdict there, right, for off, former officer Derek Chauvin. But I know that you've heard it. I know that you've heard it and you can't believe it's possible, but it's true. But if I don't share it, then how do I know we had this experience together? Right? I can't I can't just let it go by the wayside. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. And of course, it's Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying thank you to George Floyd in one of the most horrific statements ever made. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. Oh my gosh. Is that what he did? George Floyd was murdered. That's why you had a trial. Isn't that what it was? Not to Nancy Pelosi. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice. It's such madness. And the crazier part, if there can be such a thing, she was outside wearing a mask. So not only despicable, but also anti-science. It's a despicable thing. Democrats everywhere should be saying, okay, Nancy Pelosi, that just wasn't okay. Gross. But you'll see, and we're going to get into this, that like, this seems to be very okay. They, they like the idea of people sacrificing themselves for the greater good of their movement. And I'm not saying that they like people dead. That's not it. But they like the martyr complex going all the way back to Cindy Sheehan. I'll get into more of that. The the president, Joe Biden, is speaking. Let's go to the president. Until this week, too many younger Americans may still think they don't need to get vaccinated. So let me explain two reasons why we need everyone over 16 years of age in America to get vaccinated and share what we're going to do to encourage it. The first reason, quite simply, is to keep you from getting very sick or dying. Hundreds of Americans are still dying from COVID every day. The data could not be clear at this point. If you are fully vaccinated, two weeks beyond your last shot, you are nearly 100% protected against death from COVID, no matter what your age, no matter what your health history. Until you are fully vaccinated, you are still vulnerable. The vaccine can save your life. The second reason to get vaccinated It's to protect your community, your family, your friends, and your neighbors. Vaccines can save your own life, but they can also save your grandmother's life, your your co-worker's life, the grocery store clerk, or the delivery person, helping you and your neighbors get through the crisis. Now, that's why you should get vaccinated. Let me talk about how we're making it easier for you to be able to get vaccinated. First, There are some steps I announced previously 
that are hitting the ground this week. 90% of the American people now live within five miles of a place where they can get a shot. And under our federal vaccination program, shots will be available at nearly 40,000 pharmacies coast to coast. And if you can go into a, a busy sh to buy your shampoo or toothpaste, you can stop and get vaccinated. The vaccine is free, it's convenient, and it's increasingly available. <clears throat> but I know that isn't enough. As we move into the vaccination campaign focused on working-age adults, one concern I've heard from so many Americans is that they can't afford to take the time off to get vaccinated or lose a day's work because they are feeling slightly under the weather after the shot. So today, I'm announcing a program to address that issue nationwide. I'm calling on every employer, large and small, in every state to give employees the time off they need with pay to get vaccinated. And any time they need with pay to recover if they're feeling under the weather after the shot. No working American should lose a single dollar from their paycheck because they chose to fulfill their patriotic duty of getting vaccinated. We're already seeing employers, large and small, stepping up to meet this historic moment. The grocery store Kruger's offered employees $100 to get vaccinated. It helped push the vaccination rates from 50% to 75% among their associates. Patty Young owns a hair salon in Springfield, Ohio. She's also dedicated to getting her customers and employers vaccin employees vaccinated that when they leave the saloon, the receptionist the saloon, the salon. Well, they may be going to a saloon, I don't know. But when, <laughs> but when, they leave, when they leave the salon, the receptionist helps sign you or your family up to get a COVID vaccine and where to get it. Now this, while I, I, I feel that what he said, I, I took that as a little maybe too pressuring. Hey, you should pay them for this and pay them for that. Although some companies already are paying people to... You know, hey, if you're going to get the vaccine, you'll still get paid, right? I'm sure that's happening. That should be up to the business. There should be no federal move on, on that whatsoever. Although it's very hard to say to people, um, you know, hey, uh, I'm, I'm down because of the vaccine for a few days. And someone, you know, whether people would stretch that out or be honest about it, that's what they may have sick days for, other things like that. But the president utilizing the bully pulpit to tell people to get vaccinated his politics don't matter at that moment. That is something that a president does. See, there, there's a great example of people who hate him or get or are solely political all the time are going to get all over him for this. This is him. This is him doing the job, right? I, if President Trump was doing this, I'd have zero issue with it. That's the job. That's the job. It's when he doesn't get on the job. It's when he is beyond ideological. It's when he says, I don't have to worry about any level of partisanship. We'll just slam things through and we'll change this and we'll look into court packing and we'll do the other. I mean, that's really who he is. I mean, he shows it. When Speaker Pelosi says, thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice, Am I supposed to now take moral cues from her? So I've got the Catholic woman okay with and defending abortion and thanking George Floyd for sacrificing his life when we just learned, according to the jury, he was murdered. 
I, I'm supposed to take her seriously? I'm supposed to think of her as having morality? Sorry, I, uh, I just can't, just can't have any part of that. I'm Tony Katz.